this time, I'm going to ask that you fasten your seatbelts. Surprise me that we can still keep this nice, precise, and direct handling in the, such a basic E and B wing. It's it's really great. Hey everybody. Um, Hi. Welcome to uh, Girls Just Want to Fly. We've got a really good show for you tonight. As you can see, Jade's not with us. She had surgery yesterday and so she is lurking in the background. Yeah, why is that? Um, I've got Wendy the Explorer. How are you today, Wendy? I'm doing good. How are you, Deweese? I'm doing great. Can you tell us what you've been up to? I am here with Jade and Eric at their house in Wisconsin. They've been hosting us uh, for the last couple of days. We got to get some flying done with them before Jade had her surgery. It sounds like you really had a good time there. Still are. <laughs> yes, <laughs> for sure. That's great. So you got a lot of time flying in over that lake out there? Um, no, not over the lake. <laughs> over at the airport, we did go flying once over there. Oh. Did you? That's good. And we've got um, Karen Close. How are you, Karen? Good. How are you? I'm doing very well. Um, tell us what you've been up to. I uh, just bought an RV and uh, had to prep that this weekend. And hopefully I'll be able to go on some flying adventures. Oh, that sounds awesome. Um, so uh, I just want to thank both of y'all for being here and helping me out with this little venture. It's kind of weird doing it without Jade. 
Um, our guest tonight is Amelia Plack. She is a paramotor and a paraglide. I've got my little notes over here. Um, she's a paramotor and a paraglide pilot. She's from Poland, but she lives in Spain. She is a world champion, um, a paraglider, and uh, she is the general manager of Ozone Power. Um, she is on a pre-recorded uh, show tonight, which lasts about 40 minutes. So we're going to watch that. After we watch the show, we're going to come back and do a little chat. Um, so without further ado, let's watch the video. And our, like I said, our guest is Amelia Platt. Roll them. <laughs> and here we go. Enjoy the show. <laughs> Welcome to Girls Just Want to Fly. I am Jade, and we got Deweese on, on the show this morning. We are actually doing a pre-recorded show um, because we are up at 6 o'clock in the morning, and we are with Amelia Plack. Um, Amelia, thank you for joining us. Uh, hello. Uh, thank you for having me. And Deweese, how are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you. Thank you for joining us so early in the morning. <laughs> All right. Yes. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about yourself, Amelia. I've heard that you're kind of a big wig flyer over in the Europe area. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> a flyer, but um, I'm Amelia Black. I originally from Poland. And uh, yeah, I have been flying since a very long time because it has been over 20 years. I started flying paragliding in 97, and I learned paragliding in 97, and learned paramotor in 2000, and since that year, I get involved in the paramotor business and in competition and start traveling to events. And today, after 20 years, I am working as a general manager of Ozone Power, which is a part of the company Ozone Paragliders, who is um, responsible for paramotor products. And yeah, I continue flying. I fly very often. I fly nearly every day. And my test was on wings. I am uh, responsible of uh, all the new ozone products and, of course, ozone wings. And yeah, I travel a lot. I love traveling and uh, flying paramotor in a lot of beautiful places in many corners in the world. And um, yeah, that's what I, what I keep doing <laughs> all the time. Well, you sound like a very busy lady. I actually am. I think I am busy. <laughs> I think, thank you for sitting down just for the short time with us. You know, to, what time is it there? Uh, the moment is one o'clock in the afternoon. One, one o'clock. All right. All right. So you said you're from Poland. Um, um, what do you like better? Do you like paragliding or do you like paramotoring better? What, uh, definitely. Definitely paramotor is the main sport I enjoy. It's just for simplicity of it and being able to fly in uh, in many places and uh, uh, nearly wherever you want and whenever you want, of course, the weather dependable. But I love this uh, this idea of paramotoring that you have you can have your small aircraft in a car and just uh, as much as condi weather conditions are low and the location are low, just uh, take off nearly from any field or from the road and and have a look in the area. 
from this, you know, very unique perspective. All right, Tuis. So in in Europe, can you go from country to country without much difficulty and then fly in different countries? Each country in Europe has its own regulations. So if it, if it comes for paramotoring, so it's not that free as we would like to. And of course, in the future, I, I do expect to have more limitations. But uh, in Spain and in Poland, uh, of course, respecting the, the airspace, we can we we are quite quite free to fly where we want with very reasonable limits. Uh, in other countries like France and northern countries, Belgium, uh, Netherlands, the Germany, there are way more restrictions um, when the pilots are allowed to fly only from clubs or from the airfields and the equipment is registered, so it's it's the, it's more in control. So it depends on the country. So you could just put your a paramotor in your car and fly uh, drive from country to country, or would you have to? Uh, uh, yes, yeah, I can. Yeah, yeah. Within okay. Europe, yes, we are quite free to travel. Okay. So, tell us a little bit. You said you work with ozone or work for ozone. Uh, yes, uh, since year two thousand and twelve. So this year it will be 10 years. I am a general manager of Ozone Power. I am responsible for all the products um, related to paramotor. Of course, mainly wings. And uh, I'm also responsible for marketing and dealer network worldwide. But the most exciting works, work is always uh, developing uh, new products, new wings. So I, I am the one who is deciding about the new wings and what they are going to be, what kind of development we are doing. Um, of course, I have a fantastic team in Ozone to work with. Uh, amazing designers with, uh, I don't know how many years of experience <laughs> designing probably one of the best paragliding wings in the world. And with all this uh, knowledge and um, an experience, yeah, we... we, we we managed to come up with uh, more and more new and exciting and modern wings with a lot of innovations. And yeah, this is the work I'm doing since over 10 years and I absolutely love it. Wow, that's awesome. So with you working there and all your experience that you have, what kind of equipment are you flying? Oof, I actually fly all of the wings because each time we, we develop new model, I fly personally all of the most of the prototypes and definitely the final prototypes. And, and so <laughs> then I also involved in making pictures and video for those wings. And I continue flying, even if it's just uh, school wings or wings like Mojo or Kona or Roadster, I still fly all of them uh, when they are new, especially when they are new. And but my my favorite wings always change. Like when we launched the free ride, it was a free ride, and when we launched the Speedster Two, it was a Speedster Two. And nowadays, of course, the the, the new wing I fly is the Viper Five because it's one of the recent we launched. And my also favorite wing is the Sirocco Free. It's absolutely my favorite one. Nice. So, asking for a friend. How well is, <clears throat> excuse me, how, how good is the Roadster 3? 
<laughs> I'm actually very proud of the roadster three because it's it's one of the best wings and we ever made, I think. And one of the the wings we sell the most, obviously. Uh, but actually, to be completely honest, I do recommend the Spider in in comparing to the Roadster, although it's just a personal choice if the wing, if you want your wing to be made from the standard fabric or a little bit lighter fabric. But I always love the lighter version of our wings. That's why I mentioned Shiroko Free, not the Spitzer Free. <laughs> they are the same wings. They are just made from different fabric. But I always think that the lightweight fabric makes the wing way better. Okay. Uh, it just flies nicer and inflates even better. And Roadster Free and the Spider Free are two wings which uh, I think have it all. Like for the beginner pilot, uh, if if you just um, maybe not if you just start flying, because for those pilots, I would definitely recommend to start from the Mojo Power and progress to the Roadsters as a next step. But it's a kind of wing which you can start flying uh, with a low experience until some pilots just never change the wing for anything better because it's just do it all for you. It's nice, it's agile, it's precise. It, it has a really good resistance for, for collapses and very good speed, stability. It's just, it just does it all for you. All right. Dewey, do you got any questions? Uh, yeah, you said you compete. Um, what kind of competitions do you um, do you participate in, and where do you have to go to do that? I don't compete anymore, but I used to compete. I I started competition in two thousand seven in the Polish national team, and I stopped in two thousand thirteen, which is already quite a long time ago. Since then, I don't compete anymore, but I have been involved in a competition since, since uh, quite a while. And I, uh, we have a competition in a national level, international level, and in all of all over the world. And the competition are uh, under FIA rules, and national, international. You have to qualify to the national team to to go to the international competition. And when I was competing, uh, we had the European Championships in Poland. My first international competition it was back in 2009. Uh, no, it was earlier, 2008, uh, when I finished 12th in overall. Then in Czech Republic, 2009 was the first World Championships when I become fourth in the general classification, which was a really good success. And then I won my first World Champion title. It was a female World Champion title in 2012, and the competition took place near Madrid in Spain. Oh, that's exciting. That was a classic competition. Uh, what was traditionally we had the classic competition. The rules for classic competition comes from the macrolide, not from paragliding, from the macrolide. They are combining in a few elements, navigation, economy, precision, and all the tasks normally pilots meet during one week, 10 days, in one location, and we... There are, there are rules to meet the requirements of minimum task, but always 30% of task is navigation, 30% of precision, 30% of economy. Economy is obviously related to the fuel consumption. 
Precision is related to precision piloting, the task like spot landings, it used to be a bit of the slalom task over the ground. Um, we have slow fast, which is flying over the course as slow as possible, as fast as possible. Uh, then navigation involved flying with a topographic map and the compass and the logger. To, and they are quite complex competition. They're very strategic and you have to be good in everything to win. So they're quite complex. Back from 2012, I think, or 13, we start having another type of competition, which is a slalom competition when pilots fly um, slalom course around the pylons. We started with the competition over the ground. Now they are only, only taking place in, uh, over the water. They are only speed competitions and they are different category of competition. And the only one world championships I did was back in 2013. And there was the first world championship which took place in France. Wow. So I got a question to go back. Who taught you how to fly? Uh... <laughs> I, in, back in 97, I didn't know anything about the paragliding uh, until a friend of my dad showed me a paraglider on a picture and I rushed into the paragliding course next weekend after I saw this picture <laughs> because I thought it's an amazing idea. And my instructor at that time was, um, actually we didn't have many schools back then in Poland, but it was Janek Borowicz <laughs> uh, from Poznań. And that's how I learned flying paragliding. The, the course was over nearly whole summer. I was coming back to the mountains and flying with the, with the group and as much as I can, as the condition allow. Uh, I didn't have the money to buy my first equipment, so I didn't jump into paragliding full time just yet. I had to wait another two or three years until I, I, I had some money to buy my first paraglider. And then I met. My future partner, Richard Zegadwo from Warsaw, and he was producing paramotos at the time. And that's where I first time saw a paramoto, which was the aluminum frame and solo engine. And, uh, and the, it was quite heavy and big construction. And it was like more than a half of my weight. The, then it was something quite difficult for me to do. But I discovered paramotoring and I really love the idea of it. I thought it's completely crazy and it's, it's just something I have to do. And I, made my, I did my first paramotor flight at the end of the year 2000. And, and yeah, it was Richard Zegadu who taught me. He still ran uh, his business in uh, building paramotors in Warsaw. <laughs> <laughs> we are still very, very good friends. But yeah, that was my first days. So what do you fly now? What what machine? Uh, now since maybe over 12 years, I fly Pop Paramotors, which is a brand made by a French guy, Pierre Abed, who lives in down South Spain, in Estepona, Marbella. Pop is one of the first uh, paramotor manufacturers starting making paramotors I think in 94 as early as 94 and when I first time went 
to international event, which was the south of Spain back in 2001. I met Pierre Abed and all the Spanish team were flying paramotos. So it was, it was absolutely legend for me. And we are friends still today. And it's, it's absolutely my favorite paramoto. Yeah. Nice. So with all your experience in flying, um, are you a big acro flyer? Actually, no, <laughs> no. I was very much into uh, more extreme flying and more dynamic flying and never really acro, but I love precision flying and a little bit of freestyle and I used to do it a lot. And of course, I, I went through the stage when my wings was getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And... Uh, to the size of the 14 and of course I'm light so for me the flying 14 is not the same as for average guy who is 20 kilo more than me uh, so yeah and I still like doing that uh, but it's not my main focus the acro flying actually my favorite flying is just um, is discovering is traveling uh, making pictures and videos and flying with friends flying in new places and, you know, the trips like pyramids. This is what I love to do. <clears throat> and speaking of that, I'm going to pull up a, I was just trying to find my pictures here. So just bear with me one moment. Oh boy. Got everything all messed up. Um, Deweese, ask her another question while I continue to <laughs> find these pictures. Uh, how about the weather in Europe? Is there a flying season in Europe? Or do you uh, where I live, uh, where I am at the moment, which is uh, north part of Spain on the coastline in the Mediterranean Sea. It's like near Barcelona area. We actually have a good weather, flyable weather all year round, even in the winter. It's warm enough and it's, it's calm weather enough to fly. And that's why I choose this location because it allows me to fly a lot and test the wings. And um, we're back in Poland or in the countries like UK or northern countries. Uh, it's, it's, uh, the weather is, is always more iffy. It's more rainy, more windy, more changeable. Here at the seaside, is, we have a sea breeze. So we have maybe 300 days a year flyable. And yeah, it's. I was actually flying yesterday. Today it's a little bit windy, yeah. but um, yeah, the weather is great. Yeah, that's why I love it here. That's that's near Barcelona. That's nearby Barcelona. Yeah. What a nice north look. from Barcelona. Yeah, nice. What um, what are some of your scariest moments in the sport? Do you have any? Uh, over the past 20 years, there have been many, but um, I never really had a, like a really, really, really close call. I am very cautious pilot. Like um, nowadays you hear that pilots, you know, after flying three years, they consider themselves experienced and advanced pilot. I am a little bit old school. You know, I learned to fly so long time ago and the, the sport, and the scene was a bit different back then. Uh, 
even you see, I start flying in 2000 and I start competition in 2007. So it was already after seven years flying. And I still didn't consider myself advanced pilot enough to compete. So I'm a very, very cautious pilot. And I really think twice before I do something. But uh, I definitely, there has been a few, um, few incidents here and there. Uh, once during my training back in Poland, a long time ago, it must have been maybe 2009, because I moved away from Poland in 2010 or something like that. Um, when I was training for competition, uh, some precision uh, pot landings and maybe a bit of slalom and, and I had a sm and I had a proper crash actually, but I walked away from this, but it was a good wake up call. And then actually all this accident happened because I was in a rush too much because I, I was running paramotor school by my own back in Warsaw that time. So I was always trying to catch a time for myself to fly and to prepare for competition somewhere in between the students or just before students or after the students. And the conditions were not always perfect because of course the perfect conditions were always reserved for students. <laughs> so something happened back then. I think I, I got into my own rotor or, and yeah, I, I stole the wing in like, don't remember, probably I fall from eight meters or something like that. And but my frame took all the impact, luckily. So I walked away from it, but there was nobody with me that time. So it was my like my most serious crash, and nothing happened to me. And I had a few fo few close other close calls. Like I was, I remember the day I was flying in New Zealand and alone as well, and in the in the random spot and not really planned. It was just good weather. I saw a little airfield. I asked the owner if I can take off. I took off from there, went to the coastline, and suddenly conditions changed completely. And I found myself behind. I couldn't come back anymore to the takeoff place. And trying to come back, I, I got into the rotor from be behind the hills because the wind direction changed and become stronger. And I had to land like in a big rotor in a farmer field somewhere. In the middle of nowhere, I had to walk like two kilometers out of there before some farmer found me. And I didn't really like it because I was on a free ride at that time, I think free ride 17. And the wing was all over the place, but took me safely to the ground. I kind of crash landed somewhere <laughs> in, a, in a high grass, um, yeah. soft grass, but that was not fun. And luckily nothing happened to me. That's and I think all the rest, I was just uh, extremely lucky, extremely lucky each time I took some more risk, like usually flying by myself somewhere or I shouldn't be too far away or too late. Or... <laughs> but I always have been extremely lucky. It's just more lucky. Like another not very clever thing I have done, uh, which could end up really bad. And I absolutely don't recommend this idea to anyone. And we, we flew over in Mediterranean Sea from Mallorca to Menorca, from Menorca to Mallorca, from one island to another. It's like distance 70 kilometers without any boat uh, following us, which means if I would have an engine problem and land in the water, it would be quite difficult to find me. <laughs> but nothing happened. But this was absolutely not a very clever idea to do. Exciting, though. <laughs> 
All right. So I am interested in hearing about your trip that you're also planning too. Um, you you are talking about the pyramid trip. I have yes. <laughs> those trips. I help the local pilots organize them and invite um, pilots from all around the world to come to Egypt to fly at the pyramids. I have been there twice. Uh, we organized the first event back in 2018. Ah, this is the, to Iceland. Sorry, I have so many. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought I was trying yeah. to find my pictures. I will yeah. let you continue so, with the, the pyramids. Yeah, the, the, the pyramids trip um, is uh, organized a few times a year. And everyone are more welcome to come and join. Um, Yesterday, I have been publishing a video from our trip in December. We, we made a, vi a long video, uh, which comes in three parts because we're flying in three locations because we wanted to show how the trip actually looks like, except, uh, except just showing a few aerial footages and, and quick videos, which you can follow on social media. We made a longer version explaining what is it all about and how it is and uh, how it is to be in Egypt and to fly paramotor in there, how are the local guys and how the trip is organized. So those videos um, I, I completely recommend to watch. And if someone would like to join and fly in pyramids, uh, please contact me or contact SkySpots directly. Uh, this is absolutely amazing experience. And um, yeah, and I will be back in Egypt in October later this year. In March, uh, I won't go because I can't be there all the time and with everyone. But in October, November, December, I will probably be there. And most likely, I would like to discover a few more spots to fly in Egypt. Something, some, some undiscovered places yet, which is top secret at the moment. <laughs> Right. And uh, but my next trip uh, here in Europe is with my partner Matthias. We will pack our camper van and go for the one over a month tour, visiting my friend Noah in Faroe Island, and then from Faroe we go to Iceland and we stay there for a month, uh, flying and mountain biking. And working from the van because wherever I go, I always work. But yes, Iceland is 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 my destination. I I choose to do this year. I have been planning it since a very long time, at least three four years. And each year, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it for several reasons. And but this year, I decided, uh, yeah, let's go. So we are going to Iceland, and it's going to be incredible. I can't wait. Yeah, for sure, incredible. <laughs> yeah. Um, Duis, are you going? I, no, probably not. <laughs> there is there is no any specific plan for Iceland. Uh, we will be just uh, um, like 28, 30 days. And the plan is to just chase the weather and fly in the location when the weather is good to fly. So there is, no, there is no like list of the locations we go. We just go everywhere. Wherever is flyable, <laughs> we'll fly. Saying I would love to, but um, I'm getting a new knee in June, so I don't think I'll be walking very well yet. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. That's I've, a huge one. Sounds like a serious one. Yeah, I've had seven knee surgeries, and I'm finally done with this knee, and I'm going for a brand new brand new okay. one. Oh, wow. 
So that's why I fly a trike. So uh, I, I have been there. I completely understand. <laughs> I, I also have uh, small problems with my knees. And each time I had a, a surgery, I was using the trike. And it's, uh, I absolutely love the trike for that because it keeps me see in the pictures. air when I, can't, when I can't fly. It still keeps me in the air and, and I absolutely love it. Yeah, trike I, is the way I, to go. Yeah, I did see some pictures with you and I was going to ask about being in a trike and um, that's good. I did ask my doctor or my husband actually asked the doctor if uh, I could uh, foot launch and he's like, I prefer you not. The landing part was probably going to be the worst unless I maybe got on a roller yes. skate. <laughs> yeah, trike's the way to go. The trike is the way to go and it's, uh, I was actually, I never really liked trikes in the past that much I was avoiding using them and I thought they limit me because I can't take off from anywhere I want I need to hit, have a little bit better surface to take off and but I damaged my meniscus in the right knee in three years ago I think and I had to have a small surgery and I jump into a trike just after surgery actually <laughs> way too early <laughs> and and I discover how actually trike makes your life so much easier. And because you don't need to carry all the weight, you can take as much fuel as you want. You don't need to um, care about um, taking off with no wind or a little bit of side wind. And you can. I was carrying a fuel for my partner to land out and refuel. <laughs> so it's fantastic. It's absolutely amazing. It's. I love Thanks. the trikes now, and I still use it occasionally. I actually have two trikes now, one a little bit bigger when I take and take another person with me and another small one, uh, which is mini pop rolling, which is actually even more incredible because in the air, it actually doesn't feel like I have a trike. It doesn't create more drag, uh, but just allow me to roll on a takeoff and landing. So if my knees are not doing very well uh, or I don't want to carry heavy engine, uh, I, I I always grab this trike and and I absolutely love it. It's it's great. It's genius. <laughs> I really like it. it. And I master the trike takeoff now. So. <laughs> of course. Have you seen any trike buggies over there by you? Um, what do you mean by trike buggies? Like the four wheel or no? It's a three just... wheels, but it looks like it's got roll bars going up along the side. Do we see one? Ah, yeah. No, here in Spain, we don't see them, but, you know, it's it's always a lot of different manufacturers and whatever is, is locally available, usually pilots fly. Uh, I fly, of course, the PAP equipment. Uh, so both trikes are PAP. But the trike buggy, no, nobody has it here in Spain. I don't think so, no. Okay. But they, right. look, they look amazing. <laughs> yeah, they, they are. Yeah, I know Chad Bastian. I have visited him in Santa Barbara years ago, and I, I know his trikes, yeah. Yep. Um, Duis, you got some questions before um, we let her go? I think I'm out of questions. I guess one question I have also, when, you know, people are asking, you know, when's the best time to fly? When when do you like flying? Mornings? Uh, I, I like flying in the mornings, definitely. Um, mornings are always quiet, and um, yeah, uh, um, I'm I'm not a crazy fan of getting up before the sunrise. But if I have to fly, 
I do, I do, I do wake up and go flying. Um, I fly in yeah all sorts of conditions. The wind up to twenty kilometers per hour. I fly. So yeah, in strong winds, I also fly the small wings, like uh, mini wings. In oh, Brazil, usually we have a stronger wind, so you can see my pictures flying a little dragonfly. And I used to fly actually more of them in the past, now a little bit less. But um, yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of flying in the thermal conditions. I don't go up there with a paramotor in the middle of the day to go thermaling or anything like that. It's just a typical paramotor flight, morning, evenings, and that's it. <laughs> Easy. Have you been to the U.S. to fly? Ah, yeah, of course. I have been to U.S. many times. Uh, actually, just before pandemic, I was last time in Florida in the Palm Bay event. Oh. It was in March 2000. Yeah, just, just before the pandemic starts. Started um, and I did a longer trip back in 2000. Though, I actually don't remember 14, I think. So back in 2014, I flew, started in California and drove through Arizona and went to Moab with all those on team. We made the pictures there of Roadster 2 and the Viper 3. I'm looking up there because I used to have the pictures on my wall. Yeah, <laughs> Viper Free photo shoot session it was amazing. I flew in Monument Valley, and Moab was absolutely spectacular. Mm. I would love to come back there. It's beautiful. And yeah, we we came back down to uh, California, did some flight on the coast in Torrey Pines, and yeah, what else? I, actually, nothing else. I think it's just those areas uh, i have a short video from this trip and and florida i visit florida quite a few times mm-hmm. the past few years yeah definitely so, need to come back and do more i have been in salton sea event back in 2012 i think it was 2012 yeah they just had their fly-in <laughs> this past yes. month yeah yes yes yeah i know i've been following pictures so what are your other hobbies um, many other sports. Uh, I used to ride a lot of dirt bikes, enduro, for many years, starting 2000, early 2000. Now I change motorbikes to e-bikes, and I ride, I love riding in the mountains, and like nice technical rides, and I have plenty of Pyrenees in the, my backyards to ride. I do kitesurfing, winter sports, uh yeah a lot of recently i jumped into the gravel bike so i do some cycling on a flat as well not only mountains um what else do i do scuba diving snowboarding skiing <laughs> many many sports i, I do I, a little bit quite a lot of it i'm quite uh, hyperactive so yeah i like to be outside kiteboarding yes yeah yeah definitely yeah, we've uh, we've done that a couple times and taken lessons and stuff. So, yeah, <clears throat> I live on the seaside, so we have a lot of uh, kiteboarding here. Okay. This summer, I will be learning foiling. We'll see how it goes. Oh, nice! That'll be interesting to hear and see some of your stuff on that. <clears throat> 
So do you have a family that's involved in um, flying with you or, or, or what do they think? No. <laughs> <laughs> No, nobody from my family flies. They think you're crazy? They they think I'm crazy, yes. But my parents are my biggest fans, so. Okay. They've always been supporting me, and, yeah, they, they love my travels, and they love when I used to do competitions. They love my work I do, basically, yeah. Do you have they YouTube understand. or TikTok or Instagram? Um, or yeah, yeah, all of it. Not TikTok, but yes, traditional yes. YouTube channel and uh, social media. Every you can always find me by my name and surname, Amelia Plack. Okay, so just on YouTube, Amelia Plack. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right, because everybody's interested in that, and we'll definitely make sure everybody subscribes to you. Yeah. <laughs> um, any last questions at all, Duis? Um, we'll let no, her probably go back. She's probably on our lunch break. Uh, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> no, but I'm definitely going to look her up and <laughs> get her, get her on my YouTube and all that. Yes. Yeah, so Amelia, if you know any gals also that are getting into the sport or interested in, um, um, talking about how they got into the sky with us, um, that'd be great if you can pass on their names or, um, let them know how to get a hold of us. Um, we'd love to hear their stories also. Of course. Yes. So I, right. I, just, I just really think it's terrific that you are working for ozone and over the wings. I, I would have expected it truly to be a man. So I think <laughs> it's terrific that it's a woman. <laughs> Yeah, it's Definitely. quite quite funny that uh, all the all the ozone team is male and uh, the motorsport is managed by uh, by me. That's terrific. But, yeah. <laughs> so, if anybody's got questions um, on anything like that, do you recommend they? Who can they contact at Ozone, or are you the are you the the one to? Yeah, um, I am the one to contact. Definitely, you can find my email on the website. And it's Emilia at flyozone.com, quite easy to figure it out. Uh, when, whatever question you send to Ozone about the paramotor, they all end up in my mailbox anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, I will be happy to answer all the questions. I always do. That's all right. what I'm here for. Well, I definitely will have some questions. So, all right. Well, in the meantime, um, hopefully everybody can give us a thumbs up and subscribe. So you can see us every Wednesday night, hopefully every Wednesday night. And um, also make sure you're watching um, Tuesday night and Tuesday night hangouts with my husband, Eric, PPG Lear, and also Never Trust the Skinny Chef, Shane and Will and Mark. And talking about the guy stuff of flying and whatever else they talk about. Monday night, we do um, PPG Grandpa at Clear Prop TV. And... Um, if you guys got any other things you want to share, please, um, contact us, um, reach out to Amelia. If you've got questions on your wing or ozone questions, she's the gal to go to. <laughs> and until then fly safe, everyone. Thanks Amelia. Hello again, everybody. Hello. <laughs> 
So that was a really good interview. That was great information on an interesting woman pilot for 20 years. Weez, you're on mute, by the way. Yeah, she stays really active with a lot of stuff. That's great. Yeah, she's really terrific. She was really a good guest. I think that's something I notice as a pattern. You notice that guys that are pilots, they focus so much on the one thing that they might do a a second thing, but women, it seems like they get into, you know, they get into flying planes and they do paramotors and they do skydiving. And it's just, I, I think that's getting to be a pattern I'm seeing. Yeah. And she's a world champion too. She, she was a world champion paraglider as well. Uh, in, uh, I guess it was in Europe, but she's terrific. Very good interview. Yeah, and since it was pre-recorded, uh, we wanted to just kind of put an extra announcement out um, on Tuesday night's Hangouts. Uh, Eric is going to be taking a little bit of a break on that because of just things being so crazy and hectic and busy. Uh, so we just wanted to make sure everybody knew that. So what's going on with you, Deweese? You have any, have you been, I saw that there was a question earlier. Did you fly since Bad Apples? No, I have not. I've not been flying since Bad Apples. I'm, I'm in the midst of a airport battle. Oh <laughs> so, man, really? Yeah, still the airport that's closest to me. Um, I've been locked out. I can't get a key. So the FA is still in a battle with the, uh, the people that the airport authority there. They apparently are, I don't know, I guess they're going to make a visit with the airport authority is all I know. So I'm still waiting to hear back from that. So, and um, in the meantime, I'm uh, I'm waiting for uh, permission to go to um, the airport in um, another nearby town for them to give me permission to take my camper down there and spend the night so I can camp down there overnight, like fly in the evening Mm. and then camp and fly in the morning. So I can fly down there. I just want to be able to take my camper down there because it's about 35 miles down there. So, okay. I want to be able to spend some time flying once I'm down there. Right. But that's it. That's my news. Uh, what's going on with you, Karen? Um, yeah, I bought a camper and I'm hoping to use that to do some flying ex- ex- exhibitions, like just drive around maybe at some point, just fly at different places. I do have a few things that I'm going to do over the summer and into the fall. Um, I did fly one weekend after Bad Apples. Um, one day was a bad day. It was just, I don't, it wasn't a bad day just for me. We had a plane tip over. We had another guy who foot launched and face planted uh, in a field. And, and I, um, I got a crosswind again, those darn crosswinds between the hangers. It flipped my wing around 180. Oh. And I was like, okay, you know what? This is a sign. I'm not going to fly today. <laughs> I packed everything up and said, nope, 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 nope. That's how your leg got injured, uh, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And so I flew the following day, which was better winds, uh, and went up and had a good flight. And I haven't been up since because last weekend I had spent, uh, you know, taking care of the new camper. So, wow. Well, we got to fly here in Wisconsin with uh, Eric and Jade before her surgery. It was uh, two nights ago, I believe, uh, that we went up and uh, it was a little bumpy. 
Um, and then there was a sheer wind when you first, when you got up high enough, it started taking you and I mean, mm. just flying. So I didn't go much higher. I, at first I was trying to gain a little bit of altitude to see if it, I would get past it, but it was getting worse. So I just stayed low and, and, oh, and we did see a bear too. Uh, actually oh. I didn't see the bear, but, uh, Tim, um, he did see the bear. He spotted it and was, um, shouting down to my husband, Justin, uh, oh, wow. telling us where it was at, that where it was on the ground. Oh, that's by the airport really cool. building. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, so Tim, Tim's not there now. He's already gone. He left yeah. Montana. Went to, yeah. Montana's gone to Montana. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I know he's going to be missed. Um, yeah. I think it was bittersweet. He was ready to go home, but he just loved his time with everybody and getting to meet so many new people. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's all right. So um, we were going to talk a little bit about injuries. Yes. Yes. Take it away. (laughs) Sure. So we wanted to see in the chat, anybody who's on here watching, um, if you've ever, if you're a pilot and you've ever had an injury that was non-related to flying that makes you worried about when you fly. Um, And then also any of those um, kind of similar situation where if you've had an injury caused by flying if it's made you hesitant or nervous to continue flying and you know of course you've probably gotten through it by now but still just think about it if there's anything anybody wants to share we can definitely put the questions up on the bottom of the screen and then we can kind of talk about it and if do we if you want to share yours to start out with um we can kind of go around in the circle of three of us as well as we can pull up the chats well, I know I can I can tell first that, you know, I injured my hand in December. Um, it was a rollover in my trike and it and it tore my hand up pretty good. I had to have surgery and it took about five months for that to get healed enough to where I could fly again. And I just flew at Bad Apples. So um, and it was a little I was a little um, nervous when I first went up. But once I finally got up in the air, it was it was back to normal. Um, so I did have a little, um, fear at first of going back up and wondering whether my hand was going to actually operate. The only difference now is that I will always wear gloves. I won't, I don't think I'll ever fly without gloves again. Um, hopefully next time if something like that happens, it'll shear the gloves off rather than skin. So that's, that's my thing. So. And it still is in your mind every single time, even with the gloves on, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it, it's yeah. still there. And it makes yeah. me more conscious about paying more attention to what my wing is doing. You know, it really does. So, and, I, and, and I'm also glad that I went to Kyle Oglees um, and spent uh, several days with him and worked on his uh, little buggy that he's got there for wing training and did a little of that wing training to get more control of my wing. So I think that helped too. So nice. Well, before Karen, before I would have you um, speak about any injuries or if you've ever had any, um, there is Kelby Cox. Uh, I wanted to bring this up because this seems to be a very big um, discussion in our sport, PTSD, whether it's military PTSD or just an event in somebody's life that has caused that. Um, I think that all of us um, would agree that flying is a very emotional 
thing. Uh, and it also is about having confidence in yourself or getting through something, you know. Um, I find that a lot of people who fly are business owners and people who are in high uh, profile jobs that are stressful and a lot of hours that they work. So some people will fly just to be in that piece of their mind space that blocks them from everything else, lets them just be in that current space thinking about what they're doing in the sky at that time. So uh, would you guys have any comments about PTSD and your thoughts? No, I think you're right on because my father was self-employed when we did it. Um, you know, I was in a job that, you know, yeah, it definitely gets you out of the mindset because when you're self-employed or you're in that mindset when you're with your job, it's 24-7. And when you're up there, you don't have time to think about that job, right? And so it makes you disconnect from that constant, constant thought process. Um, yeah, so it's definitely forces you to change the scenery. It's one of the reasons why when our dog passed away this fall, I said to my daughter, we need to do something dramatic to, to snap us out of it, which is why we went skydiving. Um, so it just really forces you to shift your, your thinking, snaps you out of whatever it is you're in a rut and doing. So, yeah. You know, I, I, um, I was a registered nurse for like 40 years and I, I don't know that I ever really called it post-traumatic stress disorder, but maybe it was because I always got into these kind of dangerous kind of hobbies like riding motorcycles and flying mm -hmm. airplanes and, and, um, you know, paramotors and doing all these crazy things. But maybe that was my way of dealing with, with the job that I had to do. So maybe, I don't know, maybe that was it. I don't know. I always thought I was leaving it at work, but maybe I wasn't. I don't know. <laughs> There's, there is another um, interesting, before I <laughs> move to you, Karen, there, uh, Bill H. had um, mentioned about, does getting old count? This is another thing I see. It's midlife crisis. It's, <laughs> I want to do this by the time I'm 40. I want to do this when I'm 60. I want to be able to- A bucket list. Yeah, bucket <laughs> list too. Yeah. So I think that's a good point. Um, what do you guys think? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I was doing it when I was young, <laughs> but I always wanted to do everything. <laughs> so, Karen, uh, tell us if you have any injury pre or flight. I, I actually had uh, two injuries. One um, was back in the day when I did it. I wasn't even leave the ground yet. My father and I were doing a, a, a pre-flight check on my engine, and I thought, he had released the compression valve on, on the old engine. I had a Walker jet and uh, I went to start it and I threw my body into it and I tore my shoulder and I looked at him and I said, I just tore my effing shoulder. And he goes, no, you did not. I said, I swear to you, I tore my shoulder. It took me three doctors because I was a dancer. I had hyper flexibility. And so they didn't believe me when I told them because they're like, you wouldn't have that range of motion if you tore your shoulder. I said, you don't understand the level of flexibility that I have. This is not normal for me. Uh, but the third doctor humored me. And, and, then, and then it came back after the scan. He said, yeah, you tore your shoulder. I said, I, I told you I tore my shoulder. So that was then. Um, 
And then this last, uh, I guess it was a month ago that I uh, slammed into the hanger from a crosswind and uh, tore up my shin. So if you saw me at Bad Apples, you probably saw that that uh, damaged shin of mine. I was walking <laughs> around. Mm. Wow. Yeah. That that's. I mean, I I chose to fly a trike. I learned on foot launch, but I had my L four L five back surgery. A good twelve or thirteen years ago, and. Um, it just worries me, even being a trike pilot and, you yes. know, in that harness, you always still will wonder, am I going to hit too hard? Yeah. You know? um, yeah. But everything's been fine. Everything's been great. And uh, I, I do want to be that crazy 80 year old lady in the sky flying <laughs> still. So that's my goal. <laughs> yeah, me too. That's what I want. <laughs> yeah. Um, here is a, a comment from uh, Shane. Never trust a skinny chef. Shane. Hey there. Shout out to Shane. Have a, a shoulder that's shot right now and, and kills him when he's flying, but he does keep on flying. And I know at Bad Apples, he mentioned that. Yeah. Um, I guess when you do what you love, nothing will stop you. You just keep on doing it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, let me see if there's any other comments in here. DP says flying is what gets me through the PTSD. Good. Yes. And it is neat with the, um, surgeon is, uh, surgeons PPG resurgence PPG. I knew I was going to mess that up. Um, but being able to, you know, do what they do for all the military, um, people that come back and being able to, you know, some people can't afford it or even just question if they want to spend the money of, um, trying to learn how to do it and just being able to help all those people is great and yeah, give them their confidence back and, and, it's a nice thing to see. Yeah. I think they really, they really do some good work. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking here to see if there's anybody else here. Walter says hi to all of us. Hi, Walter. <laughs> um, never trust a skinny chef, Shane. He said, Wendy, I started flying after my son passed away from cancer. That's how I started. So flying was a, was a, a therapy for him. I can understand that. Yes, definitely. Uh, let's see here. Angela says flying is very therapeutic. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you, Deweese and uh, Karen, what's the number one flight you remember? I know you don't want to fly when you're stressed or fly when you're you know, you're supposed to be in your right mind. But what would you say is your most memorable flight of going up and just being either in peace or thinking about something and just being glad that you're up in the sky? Do you have a memorable flight that way? Even if it's that sunrise you remember or the clouds or? Mine was a sunset. Um it was just so orange. The, the the sun was just so orange and, you know, that pink orange sunset and the sky was just beautiful and the temperature was just perfect. And I don't know, it was just gorgeous. And the, the air was smooth and it was just beautiful. And 
I don't know. It was just magical. I don't know. It was last like last fall. It was beautiful. Yeah, I don't have one thing uh, that stands out other than my first flight. Um, but you know, flying near the water, not not near the water like I'm going to go by the lake, but by the ocean because it's we all know whoever's flown there knows it's just like really different air and it's just so easy to fly. I just I really love I really enjoy that because it's to me it's, you don't have to think about stuff you don't have to. Um, active pilot or anything like that. So I just, I like that. Yeah. And my most memorable flight is probably the highest that I ever went up and didn't realize how high up I was until, <laughs> until the uh, end of my flight and going back and reviewing all of my apps and my footage. But um, I went up in a morning flight and got above the fog, which I did get yelled at at our local airport by a pilot who everybody stayed grounded. I kind of was the first one up out of four or five people that set up their wings and then it just kind of closed in on everybody. But I got away from it. I got away from the airport and I went in an opening area, but it was my first time going over the river and I went close to 3000 feet. And because it was so smooth and the sun was so orange, coral, pink, I just kept wanting to get closer to it and closer to it. So I just kept flying towards it. And before I knew it, it was the furthest flight I had taken and the highest I had gone. <laughs> um, because I just got wrapped up in the moment. I know I got really high at Bad Apples, the highest I've probably ever been by myself. I got really high and it was so cool getting high. Yeah. I just really enjoyed that. <laughs> And I know they do say the higher, the better, uh, the higher, the safer, you know, um, yeah. there is something about getting through the bumpy air first to mm -hmm. trust everything to keep going and keep going. Now, it's one thing if it's proven to you by other pilots flying around and they're telling you, oh, it's good. Go, go higher. Then you trust <laughs> it and you go. But there's something about that flight that you just go up and you're not paying attention to anybody else. You're just kind of doing it for you your it. Yeah. flight. Yeah. And you're finding that it's smoother as you go and it's better as you get up there. And yeah, it yeah. makes it a more memorable flight, I think. Yeah. And I think yeah, I haven't gone past 3,000 feet myself. What was that? Yeah. I haven't gone past 3,000 feet myself. Yeah. I don't know what my altitude was. I, I didn't have a altimeter or anything, so I don't really know what it was. But it was fun. <laughs> and, and you know what? That gives a good another discussion point to um, Deweese. What do you guys use when you fly? Do you want to put something on your trike? Because I know you have a quad and you have a trike um, and I have a trike. Is there anything you guys want to install or want to try and use on your equipment? Well, I actually do have something. I don't have it. I didn't put it on. So, okay. and what is it that you're gonna? Well, install? I have a I have a GPS, um, and I and it's got an altimeter in it. So, and I have a phone that's got programs in it, but I just don't. I didn't put it on there. I didn't hook them up. I at this point in my flying, I don't feel like I have enough time and flight experience behind me to continually look at my phone. So, I understand that. So. It's got to be perfect conditions before I'll ever even take my phone to take a picture yeah. or show that I uh, I parked my brakes. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> but I can I can park one of my brakes at a time, <laughs> but yeah. I don't want to park both of them yet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's, everybody's different, right? That's the nice thing about this is it's everybody has their own timeline that they do their different challenges to themselves. Do you park your brakes, Karen? I have, yes. And my, I have the thumb throttle where I can use cruise control. So that makes it a little easier for me. I have cruise, but I've never used it. <laughs> yeah. The thing that scares me, I do, first of all, I do use two different apps. I use Fly Sky High and I use Gaggle. Mm-hmm. And okay. I've not tried that. When you take, you just, you just turn them on and you don't have to look at your phone. It logs your flight and all that. It, when you take off, it just logs it. Uh, I have parked my brakes. <laughs> I get terrified of letting my trims out. I don't like that drop you feel when you do it. I just, uh-huh. I don't like it. And I've tried it. I've tried following the gang. We were going out to the lake and I tried following them out and I would just easily ease one of them out at a time. But while I'm doing that, I'm turning around and then I'd go back and do the other one. And then I turn back around and I, and they're all gone. I can't see them. I'm like, where the hell did everybody go? So I don't bother like the old lady in the sky. Wow. That was great. Okay, so, we've been on here an hour. Um, we're going to have an after show um, if ever, anybody cares to join us. Um, do y'all have anything else you want to talk about? I don't have anything here. I just would like to say that Jade is here. She is just in the back here, um, you know, relaxing her leg and her knee. Uh, We're trying to make sure she gets up and walks around every so often. But um, I just want to say a shout out to thank her and Eric for being such great hosts. We've been here for a couple of days, what, four or five days now. And it's been great. And um, I wanted to, when she asked if, you know, I would come on and, you know, for us three girls to do this for her tonight, I was like, oh man, I don't want to disappoint her. I hate her show. I think, um, I think it worked out good. And I think it was uh, really nice to have the interaction of everybody. And we had some new people come into the chats tonight from the sounds yeah. of it. And- oh, which let's, let's kind of look at our chatters and see if we can recognize Karen. Can you do that, Karen? Yeah, no, I wanted to shout out to Bill H. I recognize him. I met him at Bad Apples. Nick Griffith. Um, uh, I think Linda Anderson, too. Met her as well. Uh, oh, and Walter. I remember Walter was on my first show. Yeah. That's that's the Walter, I guess, right? Yeah. Um, I haven't talked to him since that time either. Um, of course, I met Never Trust a Skinny Chef Shane. Uh, there's John Wayne, DP. Who else is in here? Angela Scuba. I don't know if Scuba's still in here. Tim was in here, but he was driving, so but I haven't seen any comments from him, so maybe he's focused. Oh, there he is. (laughs) I was hoping he was focused on driving and not texting and driving. (laughs) He's a multitasker, (laughs) clearly. Clearly, he is. Yeah. Uh, Kelby Cox. Yep. Uh, Scuba. Yep. Yes. Uh, saw Mac- Mark McElroy at one point. So join the after show and chit chat with us. Angela. 
Angela. John Wayne. Did you say John Wayne, though, didn't you? Yeah. Yep. Randy Milstead. <laughs> Good old co-pilot. Co-pilot, <laughs> yeah. He's the ultimate co-pilot after Bad Apples. Yeah. yeah. He's back there. He's in the living room. <laughs> yeah, that's our, our friends. Yeah. Okay. Y'all have some, okay. uh, y'all have a... Uh, Social media? Uh, Miss Dot Karen, just like my name, but with a dot for TikTok and my full name, Karen Close, on uh, Facebook. Okay. And I have uh, Wendy the Explorer on uh, YouTube, all squished together, no spaces. Not the Oriental version of Wendy the Explorer <laughs> on there. <laughs> and, uh, and then just Wendy Weaver on Facebook. Or you can even find me under um, Weaver Wireless Consultants on TikTok or uh, Wendy Weaver on TikTok. Okay. And I'm Deweese Milstead on um, YouTube and Facebook. And then uh, what's the other one? TikTok. Uh, TikTok is Weezy RN. And okay. Um, then, okay, what else we got here? We have a nice outro that she has uh, put together for tonight. And I know that Eric was sharing the uh, link to join us for the after show, a couple minutes to sit and chat with each other. So if you wanted to scroll through your comments, you can find that link to, to join afterwards. I think it's limited to so many people. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah I believe. Okay. Yep. So... Thank you all for joining us tonight. I will put us it was a good in. Show. Yes. Good show. Yeah. I will put us into the outro video and you guys all have a great night and thank you Karen and thank you Deweese. Thank you Wendy. Thank, thank you. you. <laughs> good night everybody. Love